What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we discuss the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From the independent scene to NXT, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspectives, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in all of pro wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. Shut the hell up! This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmisano. Alright, let's get to it. Episode number 13. Lucky number 13. Oh, crap. Of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. Are your hosts. Not too much really to get to this week, CJ. Uh, we'll touch on Raw and SmackDown. Which... Well, since we have two podcasts this week. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so not really much to touch on. Um, there is some uh, news that I actually just told you off mic that I want to get to in the end about the potential headliner for the Hall of Fame this year. So, we'll touch on that. Reasons why. Reasons why. NXT TakeOver was moved to Friday. Yep. It which it could all make a lot of sense now. I never really thought it had anything to do with the G1 Supercard show. I never think Vince McMahon would let that get in the way of him. But I don't think he really thinks that's a big of an issue. Exactly. So it is making a little bit more sense now if that's the case, but we'll touch on that at the end. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of Ring of Honor, final battle just a little over a week away uh, at Hammerstein in New York City. So we'll, we'll touch base on a little bit of those matches as well. Uh, but I want to start really again with just, you know, a simple Raw and SmackDown recap for this week. And CJ, we buried Raw last week. It was one of maybe the worst show of all time when it comes to Raw. Worst, worst Raw of the year. Worst it, Raw it, of the year it, by far. It's, it was so bad that it was up there with Crown Jewel. That's yeah, how bad it was. Absolutely. So this week we have just as bad of a Raw. Not as bad. There were a couple of angles it was that a, were intriguing. It's, it's a little be- better than the past couple of weeks. Overall poor. But yeah, it was still it still wasn't that great. Exactly. So I want to touch on the two storylines really that I know you were interested in. I know I'm interested in the first one that I want to kind of touch on was the Drew McIntyre Dolph Ziggler split. They finally split the two up. It, I did I did say last sorry to cut you off, but I did say last week that if you're going to split up McIntyre and Ziggler, have some things that make sense, and if you're going to split them up, do it in the story. Don't just be like, oh, they're not together anymore. Vince I'm, must have been I'm listening. I'm I'm glad. <laughs> thank you, Mr. McMahon. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm glad that they did that because. Because, you know, this uh, Drew's going to be a big player as a heel on Raw, and they're going to turn Dolph, they turned Dolph face, essentially. It, it, it kind of sucks for Dolph Ziggler, because I know McIntyre is the one they have big plans for. Um, I hope that with what they've seen Dolph do this year, with the work he's put in, you know, with him and Drew as a tag team, and with him having the Intercontinental Championship uh, this past summer, I really hope that this can lead to good things for Dolph Ziggler. Um, I'm hopeful, uh, but I don't think it will. Ho- hopefully, it does, and hopefully, may- maybe he could um, he could be like uh, like because if Ambrose beats uh, Rollins for the uh, IC title, and and if when they're done with their feud and Seth moves on to something else, maybe Ziggler can be somebody to face Ambrose. 
you know, as a babyface challenger. Mm-hmm. And not saying that Dolph hasn't had great work as a babyface. He was a babyface for a couple of years after his world title run. I, Did some great things ahead. with the Intercontinental title. Had that phenomenal match with The Miz at No Mercy two I was going to say, I think that, that story, that, uh, that summer of 2016, was some of the best uh, just work I've seen from Ziggler. And overall, for a mid-card uh, championship feud, mm-hmm. it was absolutely great. Which it, that match should have made event at the pay-per-view. Yeah, it should have. It really should have. Right. Stupid presidential debates. But anyway, um, so you know, touching on that, and I remember a few months ago we were discussing you know, how to split up Dolph and Drew, and originally we thought, or at least some thought, and I felt this way, that Drew would be the babyface in this, and Ziggler would be the one to turn heel, which would lead to a match at Mania, mm-hmm. where McIntyre would win the Intercontinental Championship, and it would lead to everything that would have coming to him down the line, a Universal Championship match, possible run with the Universal Championship, but we thought that the big things would come with that match at WrestleMania. Now, obviously, plans look a little bit different. It looks like they're going to go with McIntyre as the top heel on Raw. Looks like Ziggler is now transitioning to a face, whether he stays on Raw or goes to SmackDown Live in April at the Superstar Shakeup, we are yet to see. Uh, but at least now, and you and I buried them last week for just being like, well, why haven't they said anything? Why haven't they publicly split these two up? At least they finally did something. If it was a little, if we were a little more patient, we probably would have seen that. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, thinking back on it though, it really makes more sense for McIntyre to be a heel. It does because he, it, it just fits. It just really fits, and. We haven't seen him too much as a babyface, from what I can remember. Really, I think the only time he's ever been a babyface is when he came back to NXT. In NXT. In, in NXT. Yep. Um, which, you know, it was good. But honestly, Z- uh, Ziggler, uh, McIntyre truly shines as a heel, and he's been doing amazing work since he's come mm-hmm. back. So I'm all for uh, McIntyre to be the top heel on Raw. I agree with you 100% because it's obviously not going to be Brock Lesnar. Well, it will be four times a year, but other than that, McIntyre could take on <laughs> the, the, full, the, the full, 361 the full-time days. The full-time top heel <laughs> yeah. for sure is Drew McIntyre. Absolutely. So, uh, so you know, good for him, obviously. You know, it seems that they have big plans. I'm not excited for Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor at all. We know how that match is going to end. Uh, it could be a good match, I think, at TLC. But again, you know, I just mean, the idea of them announcing, first off, Elias and Lashley put me to sleep. And then... They feel like matches that we would get on Raw. Yes, that's, absolutely. That's the thing. No stipulations either. Yeah. I mean, I don't... You shouldn't have too many stipulations with, with a gimmick pay-per-view to begin with. But, again, Bobby Lashley and Elias, we've seen it. Finn Balor and Drew McIntyre, seen we've it. seen it. I mean, when you put when you give me these two matches... I'm more excited for Finn Balor and Drew McIntyre, and I'm not really excited for Bobby Lashley or Elias. I'm not a huge fan of Bobby Lashley. Uh, I loved Elias as a heel. I feel like since they turned him babyface, they've kind of been messing up on his booking. Hey, let me ask you this question. Um, and the way I think about it, it's been... Actually, you know what? Let, let me go back for a second. So we have Drew McIntyre Finn Balor at TLC. Right, mm-hmm. We've talked before about the demon Finn Balor having a reason to be there. Mm-hmm. Do we have a reason for the demon to show up at TLC? You could argue it. For me personally, no. But I feel like Balor, he has been beaten up by McIntyre recently. 
You could, but the thing is, I really feel like they like to save it for special occasions. And and for when it, he's going to go over. It, yeah, especially because the Demon has never lost on main roster television. It, Demon Balor only lost once to Samoa Joe at NXT TakeOver The End. Yeah. Which, looking back and after all these years, is was the end was because it, it was the last TakeOver in full sale. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like you do need to put over the Demon character strong. And if he, the Demon character ever does lose... There needs to be someone important, like like an Alistair Black, maybe a Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I was gonna say you could make the argument that Drew McIntyre is the important figure, like Samoa Joe was th- so many years ago. Yeah, because Finn was getting called up, and you know Joe was gonna have his run with the title and have his feud with Nakamura at the time. But I really don't feel like this needs the uh, the demon. Um, I-, I know that I've. And I've read reports where Vince McMahon doesn't like to use the demon thing so often because that kind of makes it not so special. Well, that's true. Yes. And fair fair credit to him because I agree. Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't have to see the demon every single pay-per-view. Well, to, to that credit, and I didn't mean to cut you off, you go back to SummerSlam, no one was expecting a demon to show up. No, and that was good. And it was great because everybody was like, oh my God, why are we seeing this match? Why is it so late in the card? Corbin's out I, and all I of even, a sudden. I even said, and the, and the we, we reviewed SummerSlam in the summertime, I said like, this, this made me interested. Yeah. Because no one was interested as in it. As soon as those lights went out and you heard the demon theme start playing, you saw the I re- shot the red, out of my seat. The red lights flashing. Yep. I shot out of my seat and I said, oh, now I'm interested. Yes. <laughs> yes. Even though it was a squash match, I was excited. So you're right on that. And again, credit to Vince. You should only use it, not when you necessarily have to, but every so often because it, the character will become stale if you use it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And the Finn Balor... Uh, when you had AJ and Demon Balor last year at TLC, originally supposed to be Bray Wyatt and as Sister Abigail, right. good God, uh, and Demon, well, Pumpkin Spice Demon Balor, like when they did those promos, I feel like, um, I feel like I heard this on a podcast somewhere. I think it was like Sam Roberts' podcast at the time. Like I feel like it was. Um, like someone backstage, one of the older agents discovered Snapchat filters, <laughs> and they just like, oh my god, let's 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 do that for Balor's promo, and it's like, man, uh, but it, it was a blessing in disguise uh, that the that whoever was sick got sick. Obviously, we don't wish any sickness upon anyone. Mm-hmm. It sucked that uh, that Wyatt and Roman Reigns got sick because those were two high profile matches. I mean, the Shields. First, uh, the match, Shield's return. The Shield return. Uh, it was it was highly anticipated. It was the in ring return of Kurt Angle, and that was fun because Roman got sick. Because Roman got sick, and Bray got sick. They eventually got better. They were okay, but we got Demon Balor against AJ Styles. Yeah, and we, Demon was already pr- promoted. For he the was events. he, he was already he was already promoted, and when people were wanting a Finn Balor AJ Styles match, we wanted the Demon. Well, the thing was with that match, too, and and a lot of people said this going in the event, I think Booker T said it best, this is a match you needed zero build-up for because everybody had been waiting for it. So you, you that match could have happened on 24 hours' notice, let alone three days' notice, and it, it was the match of the night. It did suck a little bit because we didn't get a build because the story and the build could... But, but Booker, to his credit, is right. It's kind of like, eh, 
we wish we could have a story, but at the same time, it's still great that we were in the well, match. Well, when overall. Finn Balor got kicked out of the Bullet Club only for AJ to join the night later, there's your build up right there. Because you had never seen, they crossed paths. Of it course. Was, it was almost a passing of the torch. Even, even a casual fan who doesn't know too much about the Bullet Club knows where these guys came from when you look back and do your history. You see that, okay, Balor leaves New Japan, comes to, or you say, say Devitt, whatever you want to see if you're, if you're a mark for, for, uh, for Prince Devitt. You know, he comes in as Finn Balor. AJ comes in, takes over. And then now AJ and their, AJ and Finn are both here. You have the match. Amazing match. One of my favorite matches of that year. And that just one of the, my favorite matches that AJ and uh, Balor have, have produced since they've come to WWE. But anyway, getting back on track to Raw, mm-hmm. I honestly don't feel like this is a uh, necessary thing for the Demon to come out. I do think, however, that at WrestleMania... The demon needs to appear. How do we have him appear, though? Like, what kind of rivalry do we have this guy in? And is he a heel or a face? Balor, if he's a heel, then I feel like he then he's not going to use the demon because I know that the the demon entrance is cool, the paint is cool, and if Balor being a heel, I know he's probably not going to want to make the fans happy. He's going to want to actually get people to boo him. Uh, so I would say that you would have to do it at a match type, like a Demon Balor versus Aleister Black, or a uh, excuse me, a um, Undertaker versus Demon Balor, um, a John Cena versus Demon Balor. You know, because that entrance has to happen at a WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And we, we you bring up that point, and I remember a conversation we were having a few days ago, and I know we're getting a little off track, and we'll get back on in a second. There are rumors that Aleister Black's call up is coming soon. Yes. Is that the match we put him in at Mania? Because I made the argument saying, what storyline is he worth going into WrestleMania? Should we rather just wait until the Raw or SmackDown after WrestleMania? Is a Demon Finn Balor versus Aleister Black, will that work at this year's WrestleMania? I mean, that's a huge match. And if you really want to jump uh, jump start on Aleister Black, that's definitely the way to go. But I really feel like maybe you should wait maybe the next the next WrestleMania because I feel like Balor just needs better booking and I really think neither one of them could really afford the loss I don't know uh, because the way those two were built in well the way Black has been built in NXT the way Balor was built in NXT and the way the Demon character has been presented on the main roster where the, no one on main roster has beaten him well, no one having a match with him on the main roster has beaten him um, I really feel like you could. Don't don't get me wrong. If they announced, you know, before WrestleMania, we were getting Demon Finn Balor versus Aleister Black, I'll lose it, and and I'll be very happy. And we will be there. And we'll be there to see that, and that's going to be amazing. Both those entrances. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like you could do something where uh, I mentioned Ziggler could face Ambrose for the IC title. What if you know you had Black face Ambrose for the IC title? Give him a run with that right. for a while, because honestly, I feel like. With the way Raw has been, someone like Aleister Black needs to go to Raw. Um, I feel like SmackDown is fine if they you don't, don't want Lars Sullivan on Raw. <laughs> no, <laughs> and that's another thing. We keep seeing Lars Sullivan uh, on both shows, pro- pro- uh, package promos on both shows coming soon, which to me means they don't know what they're doing with him. Yeah, which means they don't know where they're going to put him on Raw or SmackDown. They don't know what the plans are, which scares me a lot. Yeah, Vince McMahon just sees the guy. He's big. He's sweaty, and he just wants to bring him up and. If you notice, all the big sweaty men are on Raw. 
Yeah, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman. Well, you made Baron the point. Corbin. You made the point last week, and I a thousand percent agree with you. SmackDown overall is a better women's division. Overall, is a better tag team division. Overall, just the better show. Um, and you know, I have made, and I've heard this before. And you know, Bully Ray on uh, Busted Open on Series XM said this, and he's right. N- no matter how good SmackDown is, or ever will be, or ever was, it's always going to be the B show compared to Raw. So if Raw is bad, the Basically, the picture of the WWE is going to look bad. Mm-hmm. That's very true. But I agree. I mean, you need to figure out what you're doing with this guy and what you're doing with him now. Personally, I'd love to see him go to SmackDown Live. I think he can not dominate the division, but he could be better booked on the it division. Would, it would suit him better because there are so many big guys that they want to push that he'll get lost in the shuffle, I feel. Yeah, exactly. Um and again, not saying he'll dominate the SmackDown division. I don't expect him to win the world title in eight minutes, but he will be booked properly. You know, you look at some guys that were on SmackDown that went to Raw. You know, you look at Jinder Mahal. You look at Bobby Roode. You look at all of those guys. You know, you, you I'm even going to say, you know, you look at some of the, not all the women. Like Alexa Bliss was the one where you thought was going to get buried on Raw, but actually did very well. But the majority... Exceeded expectations. Exceeded expectations. We're at... Yeah, sorry for those who just heard our uh, Alexa Alexa Echo Dot in the room. Yeah, Sean's free Alexa. Hey, listen, the company's handing out free ones. I'll take them. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, back to the booking, really. You know, you take a look at, you know, guys like Bobby Roode and Jinder Mahal who go to SmackDown who were booked well. Jinder Mahal was a WWE champion. Bobby Roode was the U.S. champ, was involved in the whole show. Then they go to Raw, and, you know, at best, you know, Bobby Roode is in uh, a storyline with Chad Gable. Those two in AOP are the Raw Tag Team Division, and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable are barely the Raw Tag Team Division. Poor Revival. Yeah, poor Revival, exactly. You look at Jinder Mahal doing nothing on Raw, but basically jobbing to everybody. A side note real quick about the Revival is that Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks tweeted that one day we will wrestle the Revival. I did see that. And everyone will rejoice. Remember this tweet. I think Dash Wilder said one day we will wrestle the Young Bucks, and everyone will rejoice. Remember this tweet. Scott Dawson quoted the tweet with a time uh, clock emoji. So, rumors that I would not be surprised that if that's another thing we'll get to in a little bit once we're done. Uh, I think the rumored uh, all elite wrestling. We'll mm-hmm. get to, we'll get to that after we talk a little bit about yeah because we for, we forgot to mention that a few days ago. We'll definitely mention that uh, going forward. But we'll talk about a little bit about that when we reach the Ring of Honor. Yeah, exactly. But, but anyway, yeah, the Raw Tag Division. It's it's AOP. And Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, but I really feel like that's just going to lead to a Bobby Roode heel turn. Yeah, which is good, but for the Raw Tag Division, it's bad. Yeah, if you're gonna, if, if you're serious about turning Bobby Roode heel, making him a legit singles heel on Raw, getting into some of these feuds, hell, you can maybe even, and, and I don't like the faction, but you can bring him up to this Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin faction. And make him relevant again. At least then we'll get some relevancy out of Bobby Roode. I mean, if you, you've you seen what this guy has done in TNA. You've seen what this guy has done in NXT. You saw what he did on SmackDown. He is a reliable talent. He is able to do all the big things correctly. He was a world champion in TNA. He was the NXT champion a few years ago. And he, did, he had brilliant runs with all of them. He had, honestly, I think he had the best character work out of anybody who's coming to NXT. Other than, like... In recent memory, maybe not the best, but one of the best. Like, character, presentation, charisma. I mean, a lot of that, probably, some of you probably think Adam Cole. And Adam Cole's great character, but he's also a great wrestler. And not that Bobby Roode's not great, but he's no spring chicken. 
Yeah. He's he's in his 40s now. Adam Cole is like, you know, he's 29. He's got a lot of years left in him. Yeah. But at the time... I thought when, he was older, but I guess it makes sense. I think he's got to be in his 40s now. I think he was... 30. No, no, no. I'm talking about Adam Cole, baby. Uh, no, he's he's 29. He's he's still young. He's, oh, wow. Well, good, a, for, good, good for him. He's uh, got a lot of, a lot of time left. Okay, I guess you got to be that young to do back-to-back War Games matches, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, but anyway, yeah, Rude did some amazing character work, and just to see how he's... Just it's just not the same. Yeah, I mean, you look at a guy like Bobby Roode, where in NXT he comes and does this whole glorious character, and not to say that it was you know a bust at first, but it you you go from his debut to take over Toronto, where him and Ty Dillinger open the pay per view. And to hear the glorious music and the entrance, the place went nuts. And not just because it was his home country and his hometown, but because it was relevant. He did, he, like you said, he has amazing character work. He can make anything out of any character and make it shine. Look, I was there the SmackDown Live. He got called up in Brooklyn and I lost my mind. The entire crowd lost their minds. I'm like, yes, this is going to be great. This guy can be the top heel on SmackDown. And if they can, I know that maybe you don't build the entire show around him, but you can give him a run with the world championship. He's everything you could ever possibly want. He's not necessarily really an indie guy, but I really feel like out of all the guys who came from the outside, he would probably fit in the best with the WWE style, you know, with guys like Randy Orton and and John Cena and, and all those guys that could really fit in with that. And he, and he even did as a face and not saying that I would have preferred him as a heel over a face because I would have, but he did some great face work too. He became the U.S. champion. I mean, good it, feuds. but the thing is, it's it doesn't compare to no, his, you're, his, you're NX, his you're NXT You're absolutely run. right. You're absolutely right on that. Yeah, they gave him the U.S. title, but the thing is, a lot of people forget that. I forgot he was U.S. champion. Honestly, his... because well, it was such a short run. I know, but it, again, his main roster stuff has not been memorable, and that's not to his fault at own. Mm-hmm. We've seen the character work he can do. We've seen the type of matches he can put on, given the right opponent. We've seen this. He has the capability. It's a matter of creative having the faith in him. I don't know what it is. He's around the same age as AJ Styles, and they push Styles to the moon. Yeah. And they have all the faith in the world in him. Honestly, and- I can't tell you because, honestly, I remember when AJ first got to the WWE. It was like, this is exciting, but let's face it. We all know how this is going to end. We They have overachieved when it came to booking AJ Styles. I think, people, I think AJ Styles has exceeded... More than anybody has exceeded ex- expectations. Right. He was the guy outside of WWE in the indies, Mr. TNA, he Ring of Honor, New Japan. He's Mr. Bullet Club. B- Bullet Club. He's done everything. And he's the one guy that people were like, no, he will be ruined. He, they, he, they won't work with him. Yep. Maybe he'll have a mid-card title reign. He'll never be WWE champion. Relevant from day one. He... Got his foot in the door, worked with Jericho. Once he did his stuff with Cena, he, it skyrocketed. He was the number one contender the night after WrestleMania, and you knew he wasn't going to win, but you were like, all right, number one but contendership. But it's like, but they're giving him something. Right. You know? And WWE champion by September, six months with the company, he was the WWE champion. Two-time United States champion, two-time WWE champion. But but I don't know, with, with Bobby Roode, I really wish, I hope down the line this will be something good. But yeah. moving on a little bit to Raw, we should get... We, yeah, should, we should get to Seth t- and Dean. T- Seth and Dean. Uh, I was telling you off, Mike, that I think... 
what they did this past Monday has been better than mm-hmm. what they've done the last two weeks. Because you Raw. and I were ready to vomit after what I'm we just saw like, I can't ago. believe you've turned Dean Ambrose into a stereotypical heel. Yeah, with the you people smell because and he had I don't the opportunity. He has the opportunity, and they still have time to save it to be a Tommaso Champa like heel. Yeah, they still have time to save it. Like honestly, the story itself had the potentials of a Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa yeah. level. But then again, that's NXT. This is Monday Night Raw. Right, because we we were talking about when the heel turn happened. We were talking the day after that this has the opportunity to main event WrestleMania for the Universal Championship. It does, but still does. But it does. But I really feel like that could possibly happen after Mania. But if they, but if you're they, right. If they want to do Rollins right. and Brock. But you're right. Common sense doesn't happen on Raw. No, common sense doesn't happen necessarily in wrestling, and that's. Except NXT. It's blasphemy. Yeah. But anyway, go on. But yeah, I think that uh, they did a little better. Uh, You know, it was cool. The Rollins came down and beat up all those extras in the gas mask. And then he, Ambrose was being, you know, he was being a heel. He was trying to get away and he was throwing guys into him. And then he uh, got, got the upper hand on, on Rollins. Um, And he said he didn't want to catch like any, like, I don't know, whatever the people were uh, carrying with well, them. Well, as soon as he started saying that, I was like, here we go again. Yeah, but I think I could hardly understand him in that gas mask, and yeah. I think that's why he took it off in the first place. A lot of people are like, well, why? if you don't want anything, why are you, why are you taking it off? I'm like, did you? he sounded like Bane. <laughs> ba- he's Bane Ambrose. <laughs> Only thing is, you can understand Bane. You, can't under- you couldn't understand Ambrose at all. Yeah. Hardly. I could hardly understand him. But this, uh, it gives me a little more hope. Uh, in this rivalry, I hope that they do better next week. Uh, going into a while next week is the go home show for TLC. Yeah. So, I do, I think at this point they won't they will not add a stipulation if they can do something to make me feel like all right I'm excited for this match then it doesn't need a stipulation. Mm-hmm. Sure, a, a ladder match would be cool, a tables match would be cool, but these guys have all the ability to have a great match without a stipulation cause, because they've done it before. And really, I feel like that's that's all they really need and pretty much that's all really we should really cover from Raw. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm on to SmackDown. Before we go to SmackDown, though, there was um, a report out last night. I don't know if he's going to be on the taping or not, but Roman Reigns is at tribute to the troops. Yeah, I've heard that too. Apparently, he's supposed to like do something. He'll probably cut a promo or, yeah. or whatever. Uh, you know, for the troops and... He'll get a positive response. Obviously. That, that's for sure. Um, it just would have been really nice to, you know, have him go away for a long time. And then when he came back, people would be like, oh, my God. I feel like Tribute to the Troops almost, though, is a little bit of an exception because he's not really, not that he's not coming back for the WWE Universe. He's going to come and support the troops. Yeah. But it's a little different. It is a little different. The Tribute to the Troops show are pretty much televised house shows. Right. But they're special for, I don't think, for the troops. I don't think this is going to be one of those things where it's like if, let's say, somebody retired and they came back to Raw or SmackDown twice a year sort of thing. I don't think it's going to be like that. Mm-hmm. I think this is a one-off special occasion sort of thing. Yeah. And, and then he's going to go fun. back to his treatment and we won't see him again until he's cleared. Honestly, we'll forget about tribute to the troops anyway because honestly when's the last time you watch one of those shows well i mean you catch the highlights but from start to finish probably when i was like 10 same like i haven't wa- probably watched a tribute to the troops troop show when i was like 11 or 12 years and old. that's when they like did it for real like went to iraq and all that stuff yeah and then you know they would air it on on tv they'd air it on christmas they would uh but or a few days after but either way yeah um but yeah i don't think it's going to be one of those things i think this is a one-off special deal um, you know, to give the troops some positivity and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. we won't see him until he's cleared again, which again could be for another couple of years. Could be. Um, 
so yeah, let's move on to SmackDown real quick, which again, uh, much better than Raw this week by a thousand miles and a half. We opened up with a uh, Becky Lynch, Oscar Charlotte contract signing, yes. and um, we had some pretty good back and forth here between the three women. So I'm hearing rumors, you know, going on that that uh, that it is likely that Becky's going to drop the championship on Sunday, most likely to Oscar next Sunday. Yes, which I'm all for for Oscar finally winning a championship and finally being relevant because she's been booked week since her WrestleMania loss. The one th- the one I've been thinking about that too because if they want to have Becky and Charlotte and Ronda at Mania, I've been going back with some ideas with um you could have either Charlotte or Becky win the, win the Rumble. That's how it's going to have to start. Um have a match on SmackDown where um the other challenges I I would actually have Charlotte and Becky in as the final two in the Women's Rumble. And you should have the you know the them one of them challenge the other. It would I feel like it would make more sense if Becky won the rumble, challenged Ronda Rousey, Charlotte came out, got under Becky's skin, challenged her, cheated to win, like do like a like a like a roll up and you put her foot foot on the ropes. That way she got into the match and now just get a ton of heel heat on Charlotte. Um and then you have the triple threat, which will probably most likely be the main event of next year's Mania. I agree. And I hope so. And I hope that Becky is the one to make Ronda tap out. Right. And it's going to have to be for the Raw Women's Championship at this yeah, point. Yeah, and I really feel like they, they prize that championship more than Smack than the SmackDown Women's Championship. It's Again, it's, it is more likely that they'll do the Raw Women's Championship. I agree. Because I don't see Ronda losing her title to anybody on Raw. Although I did hear a rumor that the streak is bound to happen at, to end at some point. And the reason for this is uh, Meltzer was saying this, um, how saying that Vince doesn't like the idea of streaks, which is ironically very funny. Um, he doesn't like the idea of streaks becoming a thing, so he likes to end them before they are a big thing. So that is rumored to be that there is a chance, and I doubt it'll happen, that Ronda could lose on uh, next Sunday. Yeah, but the thing is, they did that with Taker, and they did that with Charlotte a couple years ago where she had a pay-per-view streak, Mm -hmm. and they really built that. That's why I said all the irony in this. Um, And then they ended it on a a random pay-per-view on Fastlane. Right, and of course, they built up Oscar's streak last year. Yeah, Um, but that was properly built. Everything that was going... Well, that was properly built from NXT going in. But even went up until Mania... Everything was great. Oscar was booked really strong. And I hope this is a thing where she can be put back into relevancy. I'm okay with them using the Raw Women's Championship for this feud. I'm okay with that. Right now, the SmackDown Women's Championship seems more important. Just It feels more important. But the question is, you put the title on Asuka. Who can she really feud with? See, that's the thing. And obviously, when it comes to Asuka, it'll start with the rematch with Becky. I think there's a chance that could possibly happen at or before the Rumble. Becky can be added into the Rumble that night, and Mm -hmm. she can either win it or Charlotte can win it or hell. Why don't we go back to 1994, and they both win in a draw, and they both go to the main event of WrestleMania like that. I doubt they're going to do that, but I'm just saying. I'm giving some some ideas here. Considering what they did with, like, Batista and Cena. Right. uh, Like, a little uh, over 10 years ago. Right. I'm just giving some opinions here. That's all. Yeah. Um, So, you could do that. So that would be Asuka's first roadblock. The elimination chamber comes up after that. I would assume either. I would assume it. W- if you're gonna choose which one it would be defending the chamber, it would likely be the SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't think you're gonna put Ronda in the chamber. No. Um, so there's your next feud, and then that really just leads to WrestleMania, who Oscar's gonna face. And really, when it comes down to it, you know, 
we mentioned um, with this whole Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville thing, I don't know what they're doing there, but I can see either of them being a challenger. There are some NXT call-ups you, likely you, to happen soon. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Or you could do Naomi. Naomi, possibly. Naomi, Naomi could turn heel, and they kind of been buddy-buddies for a while. I would personally do something like this. Uh, depending on what they want to do in NXT... Um, whether or not if they want to do a Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai match for the women's championship, I don't really see that happening anytime soon. Uh, depending who Baszler drops the title to, Baszler could drop the title to Io Shirai, and then they do Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai. But I would actually, I would have Kyrie Sane get called up at the Rumble, and she challenges Oscar. And have that for Mania. Night, for Mania. Okay. I don't know if that will be booked very well for um, for main roster. Would have been booked way better for NXT. I know that an Io Shirai Kyrie same match will be booked. It will be booked way better for NXT. Another possible option is is that for the whole Charlotte Becky Ronda thing, you have one woman who has the Roman Championship in Ronda Rousey, and she's on Raw. You have two SmackDown women challenging for a Raw title. I think they might do something because, again, you have potentially if you have two of the opponents. You're thinking they're going to unificate the belts. I don't think unificate the belts, no. What I think they could possibly do is they could do trades. We have not seen trades at all in this brand split at all. Okay. People have kind of just randomly showed up whenever, wherever and whenever they want unless the shakeup happened. I really feel like you should impl- implement some trades and send some women from Raw who have not been booked properly to SmackDown. to SmackDown so you can rejuvenate their careers and the brand because if because honestly the SmackDown women's women's roster to me has been Becky, Charlotte, um Asuka really this year. Well now more Asuka. More Asuka. I mean she was she was doing well earlier in the year uh getting called up and everything. I mean, Carmella had the championship for a while, but now look what Carmella's doing. She she went from being a really, uh, I I loved her heel character to doing dance breaks with r truth, like that's that is way way worse. Yeah. Um. So I would probably have Becky and Charlotte be traded to Raw, and then I would probably trade them for like Sasha and Bailey or Ember Moon and Bailey, Ember Moon and Sa uh, and Sasha, um. You know, do something with them because Ember Moon, even though she's been on Raw and she hasn't done much, and that's okay, she hasn't done too much because she's still fairly new. I really feel like you should do something with one of with one of those three women to face Oscar. Mm-hmm. It would be poetic for Bailey to face her because ba- Bailey's never beaten her. Bailey never well, yeah, Bailey's never beaten her, and Oscar's the one who who uh, beat Bailey for the women's championship who started that whole streak right. in NXT and the one that and the one and, at center packing after uh, takeover mm-hmm, 2 in mm-hmm. Brooklyn Ember Moon would be a great choice too because of all the, because of the the history they had in NXT as well right. Ember those, Moon's those, never beaten her Ember well Ember Moon oh, again well actually I I, f- I forget that the Iconics pinned Asuka I forget that Carmella yeah. pinned Asuka well I'm just going off the facts of NXT how many women have challenged Asuka more than once and never yeah, won yeah and never won so, so that's Bailey and Ember Moon really I would think that Ember Moon or Bailey would be a good choice for Asuka to face at uh, Wrestlemania if they want to do a triple threat if not they'd probably do Charlotte and Ronda and then Becky and Asuka at Mania 
I don't know. Um, do you, do you have any thoughts on the whole women's thing? Because I kind of like it, talked a it lot. It makes of- sense to do a trade. I don't know if they ever would. I mean, well, you're number one. You're forgetting Sami Zayn for Eva Marie. That trade almost went through a few years ago. So, <laughs> um, it makes sense. I just don't know if they're going to pull that off. It would be brilliant if they did. It, the minute Sasha and Bailey, if they were ever to go over to SmackDown, would be relevant again. Number one. Uh, Bailey and Asuka seems poetic because, again, Bailey challenged her, well, lost the title, then challenged her, has never beaten her. Ember Moon challenged um, Asuka multiple times, never beat her. Asuka can even come off saying, you only won the championship because I left sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You've never beaten me and you never will. So that matchup makes sense. Asuka's the only one to ever kicked out of the Eclipse. Yes. So that makes sense uh, to do that match. But if I'm thinking realistically on the SmackDown brand, uh, what we have right now, if there are no trades or not, and we have to work with what we have, I honestly think it's going to be Mandy Rose or Sonya Deville that's going to challenge her. Yeah. In that case, I would say Naomi. A heel Naomi. A heel Naomi makes some sense. Sonya or Mandy makes sense. Um, Carmella would be great, but I doubt it. Um, and again, that's just going off if there are no trades or whatever. And of course, those trades might make sense, especially if you send Charlotte and Becky over to Raw to make that triple threat make more sense. The trades just don't seem likely because it's so close to Mania, and they like to change the roster after after Mania. Right. But you can be we can be hopeful, and they could do it like in a month. Who knows? But um, let's move on to the uh, Miz TV segment. So that's interesting, and I don't know what they're doing with Miz, Brian, AJ. It almost seems like they're maybe leaning towards a possible triple threat. Who cares? I love the new Daniel Bryan. Yes. I love him. He's awesome. He has no nameplates on his title at all. The heel Daniel Bryan is dead. I was a little confused with the the promo about him basically... uh, telling the people that they're responsible for the climate changing, which is kind of true. They're but. they're making him a vegan who feels like a he's... A vegan who's, heel. Who's better, than, who's better than everybody else, who tells... Who who talks down to people who, you know, eat meat he and He told all. a kid on his birthday to shut up. <laughs> he's Th- awesome. Fickle. What? Fickle. What? Fickle. What? These people... You see, these people they're are sheep. They're they're sheep. They're chanting something that's not even remotely funny that happened 20 years ago. You say something, and they'll go, "What?" <laughs> like it was so great. I I was like, I was optimistic about the heel turn. I'm like, it would have been cool to see Miz and Brian with that with that story. But right yeah, now, you still might. I I'm I'm loving it. the roles might be reversed, but I'm loving this. I am loving what they're doing with Brian. Um, Honestly, it's the most interesting thing that's happened since he got cleared to wrestle again. Yeah, because he's re- he's not relevant again. I mean, he won the WWE Championship. He's going to be relevant regardless. But you're right. I do think this story has an opportunity to be very good. When he started cutting the promo, I was very confused. But then it started to get a lot better. And I was like, all right, maybe we can roll with this. During Brian, I'm sorry, during AJ and Miz's match, he told Byron Saxton, I hope my, my daughter yeah. kicks as many men in the groin as she wants and he was saying how uh, in the in the Miss TV segment like I do one thing I kick a man in the groin once and people hate me for it yeah where you are all hurting the environment you are doing like the, the, the list of things he mentioned you you too people, much science you people do these things every single day I do one thing one time and I'm the bad guy yeah essentially that's what he's saying Johnny Gargano would approve yeah 
Exactly. So I, I'm all for this uh, new change too. in Brian's I'm character. Just, I'm interested where they're going to go with this. It, I am too. It seems like there is a chance, you know, just off the Miz TV segment last night, there could be a triple threat in store at some point. Maybe the Rumble. Yeah, um, Rumble. They are slowly, and I mean slowly, transitioning Miz to a face. I think they're still trying to get the the reaction of the crowd when he goes out there to see, all right, is this going to work? Mm-hmm. His segments with Shane McMahon hurt, are hysterical. Um, they, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter last night, but there was a meme that WWE Universe put up that says, when that person that you don't text back runs into you and it's just the Miz looking at him like this, like <laughs> you can't see it because on the podcast, but he's just looking at him with the shades on. It's so funny. But I think they're slowly transitioning him into that phase turn. And you're right, I do think the roles are going to be reversed. I think this match is still going to happen at WrestleMania, but obviously with The Miz as the face and the, and Brian as the top heel. Look, hey, it can still work. I mean, we've done the baby face Brian and the heel Miz before. Yeah. Look, Miz has been... I'm a little more open to a Miz baby face turn because the people have been cheering for him and they have appreciated, appreciated what he's been doing for the past number of years with this character. So if that's what they want to do, Mania, face face Miz and heel Brian. You know what? I'm I'm open for it. I'm open for it definitely. And again, like it's not saying that we don't hate the Miz. We just prefer him more as a heel. Yeah, I would much rather prefer him as a heel than a face. But it could work. I would like to see. And first off, I've been advocating the Miz to win the WWE Championship since he went to Raw last year and made the show almost relevant again. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, he needs a run at the world title. He's obviously not going to have a run with the Universal title. So he needs to go to SmackDown. When he finally went to SmackDown, we're like, this is it. He's going to be the WWE Champion. I feel like if he doesn't win the WWE title between now and Mania, him moving to SmackDown was just pointless. It was a waste. It was a waste. I think, yeah, I think... The plans would be, and again, I'm no you know insider. I think the plans right now are for him to beat Brian at Mania for the championship. Okay. So, or a little after, because you want Brian to kind of have that WrestleMania moment coming back, where you know it's one of those things where it's like it reminds me of Cena Miz at 27, where mm-hmm. Miz went over at WrestleMania and a few weeks later finally lost the championship. Yeah. Miz got that WrestleMania moment, even though he doesn't remember it because he got concussed like crazy in that match. Yeah. Um, but he had his WrestleMania moment. Well, until the, the Rock came in and beat the crap out of him. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he won the main event of WrestleMania that year only to lose the championship a few weeks later. I see them doing that possibly. Um, if that's the case, obviously they won't be the main event. I Again, we to just think, talked that about That WrestleMania it. where he was champion was just to set up the next year's WrestleMania. That's why that WrestleMania is so awful. That's why I think that's the worst Mania ever. Well, that's why they messed it up. That's why. If The Rock wasn't involved in that match, I think it would have went out without a hitch. Anyway. But um, and another little side note with SmackDown is that... Uh, Rusev and Nakamura are finally doing something. Get, get, just get the belt off Na- Nakamura N- Nakamura, now. Nakamura has been champion for four months as U.S. champion, and they're finally doing something with him and Rusev. Sure, the whole Rusev Day thing has kind of lost some steam after the whole thing with Aiden English, and Aiden English hasn't been seen. He's been MIA. But, hey, th- this is good. You're giving these guys something, and I'm all for it. Um, I miss Andrade Almas. Apparently, he's been MIA on SmackDown. He hasn't been seen in a while, but... Look, he's still... Selena Vega's been busy. Yes. Yeah, every man out there is now Selena, disappointed. Selena Vega, oh yeah, breaking news, Aleister Black and Selena Vega are married. Hey, good for them for keeping it quiet, but for every guy's dream, you know, it's over now. She's pretty short. <laughs> yeah, well, she is short. But was she 4'11"? Anyway, um, <laughs> so, yeah. All Short's is, not a problem. Short is not a problem. All, I'm short. All Miss is hurt. <laughs> or, I don't know if he's hurt, but it almost feels like he might be because, again, he hasn't been seen in a while. Um, K-Fabe, man. K-Fabe, exactly. Um, 
we'll see what happens come the Rumble. Um, but but anyway. yeah, but, but Vega's been on TV more than Almas. Yeah, exactly. She's doing her thing, not getting concussed by Nia Jax. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to touch on with SmackDown was the uh, the Jeff Hardy Samoa Joe story. Um, I'm digging it. I love you it. know I love it. Sometimes you have to bring in the personal stuff to get stuff that you want. And and I tweeted something last night, CJ. And maybe I feel like this right now only because we haven't seen Joe finally reach the pinnacle. But you made a good point before by saying, well, you can make the case that you know Bray Wyatt has been on the main roster for so many years. Joe's only been on the main roster for. About I don't two think years. we mentioned this before we started. We mentioned it off mic. Yeah, but. Go ahead. Finish finish your point with your whole thing with, so with I, Samoa Joe. So I saw a tweet last night that Joe is going on Bray level Wyatt. Uh, Bray level Wyatt, not Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt level almost kind of disappointment where he could be the top heel. He could be in the best feuds, but he never wins. And I'm like, well, he could possibly be at that level maybe worse because the guy has been given six world title opportunities, four in consecutive pay-per-views this year, and has lost all of them. And we went... Um, on a debate a few months ago saying if he doesn't win this feud with AJ at some point what credibility does he have left now we agree with each other I wouldn't necessarily call it a debate well that's true but um you know and again Samoa Joe could be put in any rivalry and I do think he's in this rivalry for Jeff to put him over but the main difference between Bray and Samoa Joe and why I kind of feel this way was even though Bray has been on the main roster longer and was buried longer, all this stuff, he eventually did win the WWE Championship. I don't know what their plans are for Joe to eventually win the championship. But here's, and I replied to you, and here's my thing with, with Samoa Joe and Bray Wyatt. One, Bray Wyatt has not been seen on TV for months. Yes, he returned at the Starcade uh, house show, but that was not televised on the network. No, it was televised. No, it wasn't. Starcade wasn't televised. You sure about that? Starcade was televised, but they did not show the whole show. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the only thing they televised was the opening segment with Ric Flair and Elias, that women's tag match, Joe and AJ in the Steel Cage, the Miz TV segment with Rey Mysterio and Nakamura. Uh, which turned into a tag team match with Rusev and Rey Mysterio and then Miz and Nakamura. And then the last thing they showed was uh, AJ and Joe with Joe tapping out to the calf crusher because Corbin had an open challenge. Bray Wyatt answered. He beat Bray Wyatt. I mean, uh, Bray Wyatt beat him, but he wasn't seen on TV yet because they weren't sure what the thing with Braun Strowman Maybe I should watch it and maybe I would have a better understanding. But anyway. Maybe you'd know something. Exactly. (laughs) You do better people. And then Dean and Seth, I think, had a steel cage off air. Yeah, that's the thing. They did. They showed some of it, but not all. Okay. Uh, so on WWE TV, no, Bray Wyatt has not been seen in months. Uh, they haven't done anything with him since him and Matt Hardy split up as a tag team, so Matt Hardy could go, which, by the way, we did a whole thing for Matt Hardy saying he retired. Yeah. No, he just needed to go home and rest. Yeah. He, he worked us. Anyway, so Bray Wyatt hasn't done anything. Bray Wyatt has held the Raw Tag Team Championships with Matt Hardy, the SmackDown Tag Titles with Randy Orton and, and Luke Harper for the Wyatt family. He was WWE Champion. Essentially, he was a transitional champion, WWE Champion nonetheless. But the thing is, even before, Wyatt has been consistently buried. He was buried by Randy Orton at Mania. He was buried by John Cena at WrestleMania 30. Buried by The Undertaker. Excuse me, WrestleMania 31. Buried by The Rock at 32. Yeah, you know. Buried by Orton at 33. Yes. And All the, right, makes sense. And the thing is... He has, like, one of, like, it's so easy just to come up with stuff for him, for his character. And he's been, you know, he's been hurt by this so much that he can almost be too far gone coming back. People love Bray Wyatt. 
and I have one of my, one of my best friends, my buddy Joe, tell he he loves Bray Wyatt and he listens to this podcast pretty much every week. Uh, that he he loves Bray Wyatt. And he's just saying like I don't understand how someone with that type of character you mess up so badly. And that's the thing. Why it's been on the main roster longer. Joe has only been on the main roster since like uh, early 2017. Almost two why, years. Why it's been on the main roster since 2013 of the summer, and it took him so long to win one championship. It took him three years to win a championship on the main roster. It took him a little low, like three and a half years to finally win the WWE championship. So. Joe still has time, and I think that's why, because they realize they've, they've okay, he's been hurt by losing to AJ so many times. Let's put him against Jeff, because Jeff's a big name, and if Jeff, it doesn't matter if Jeff eats a loss, because it's okay. He's still, it, like, it, it helps Joe in the end. And, and Bray Wyatt can kind of ramble in his promos and not make too much sense, whereas Joe is straight to the point, and when you... I say this a lot, like when he's one of the few guys, when you listen to him talk, you you feel like he's real. You feel like this is this is the same guy. So it's my little rant on that, that I think Samoa Joe will be fine. But as far as Bray Wyatt, he's nowhere near that. Okay, fair enough. I simply just think that we could be heading towards that if something it, doesn't it improve. It can. It can get that way if they don't improve something. Like, if they have Jeff just go over on Joe, then, yeah, it, it could get to Bray Wyatt It can get levels. ugly. Because originally when he went to SmackDown, I'm like, all right, this is what he needs. He's going to be the champion at some point. He's going to go after AJ. He's going to win that feud, this and that. But... Again, like you said, if he does job the Jeff, we could be heading towards Bray Wyatt territory. But I really feel like they I would like to think they learn from their mistakes and they'll be okay. I do think they'll be okay. I just I think that's why they're putting Jeff and Joe in this feud in the first place. Fair enough. Okay. Um what should we is there anything else with WWE that I we should talk about? I think we're good on that. Uh I did want to bring up um the Hall of Fame that we uh just wanna, alluded to in the beginning. Do you want to save that for the end? Um, I guess. All right. So why don't we go on to Ring of Honor a little bit? So final battles in a few days, or a few days, uh, a little over a week. It's a week from tomorrow. As there, as I'm sorry, no, today's Wednesday. Today's it's, Wednesday. It's two. a week. It's a week from this Friday as we're recording this. Yes. So uh, my birthday. Exactly. Happy birthday, CJ. Uh, so <laughs> at this point, card is basically full at this point. I yeah. Would, I would think. So I got a lot of great matches on the card. I know we rambled them uh, last week, but I know one big one, obviously going to be the main event, Jay Lethal defending the Ring of Honor Championship against Cody Rhodes in what Cody has promoted as his last match in Ring of Honor. He has said that after this, I'm going to take the Ring of Honor World Championship into free agency. Now, usually when people say that, that doesn't that more, more than likely means that they're not going to win. Yes. Um, it... Uh, I know they're really going to be trying to use as much as they can with the elite guys, with those who are have what little time left on their contracts, because they announced a ladder wars match between uh, SoCal and Censored, uh, the Briscoes and the Young Bucks. Right. Um, Hangman Page is getting a t uh, ROH TV title uh, title shot against Jeff Cobb. Excuse me. Um, some of the matches I'm looking forward to. Like, I'm looking forward to the Lethal and Cody. I'm looking forward to the Ladder Wars match. That's going to be insane. That's going to steal the show. I'm looking forward to uh, Marty Skrull and Christopher Daniels. Uh, hey, I, that's for the number one contendership. That is for Skrull's number one contender, uh, contendership for the ROH title. Which he won on the Jericho Cruise. He did. And uh, I've, you and I saw Final Battle last year. We saw, uh, the as they were known as, The Addiction. Yeah. 
You know, we actually saw the we, de- that was we their saw, debut. That we night. saw the debut of SCU. Because remember, we were like, "Who the hell is that?" Yeah, we're like, <laughs> and the crowd started chanting, "Who are you? Who are you?" To Scorpio Sky. Yeah. But now they're one of the most anticipated bits on being the elite. Yeah. I always look. I would always look forward to the SCU uh, bits. Yeah. They're they're hilarious, and I like the story they're doing right now with. Uh, on the Jericho Cruise, Flip Gordon called out, which, by the way, Flip Gordon versus Bully Ray, that's another great, going to be another and an great I quit match. match. It's going to be another great match, which has been building since All In. Right. Um, Flip Gordon called out uh, Chris, uh, Christopher Daniels on him, saying, like, you know, you're not even from Southern California. You're, you're from Michigan. <laughs> Whereas Scorpio Sky and I think Frank Kazarian are both from Southern California. They are actually from California. And ever since then, he's been messing up the SCU bits. And at the beginning of this past uh, week's episode, it shows Daniels drinking like make, uh, drinking beers, and he's in the Young Bucks room, and he's like, "I'm sorry, guys, do you want some?" And they're like, "No, no, we're straight edge." And Nick uh, Nick Jackson's like, "No, we don't do alcohol." <laughs> <laughs> and that's a big joke because on like the Jericho podcast, when the Bucks and Cody were there, they they're so straight edge they don't even know the lingo of the terms. They're just like, "What are you guys doing, alcohol?" <laughs> And they saw like a, a bong somewhere at a shop, and Nick Jackson goes, "What is a pot lamp?" <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, they are so straight edge that again they don't know the lingo, they don't know any of that. And Leave that, them be. That's kind of hey, th- that's fine, but it's just funny. It's very funny, and that's I I uh, I got a uh, good kick out of Nick Jackson saying that to Christopher Daniels, and they're like, honestly, and they're like, honestly, we don't do alcohol. They're like, honestly, CD, we don't know where you're coming from because we actually are from Southern California, so we are true to ourselves, but. uh Anyway, we got to go. We'll let you go. And they're like, wait a minute. And Nick goes, wait, or someone, one of them goes, wait a minute. This is our room. All right. Well, you can have it. See you. Like, and CD's just drinking. It's like, well, that's a nice room. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, we saw the addiction as a tag team last year against War Machine, now known as War Raiders. Um, great match. And great match. And I'm just excited to see Christopher Daniels in a singles match because out of all the guys who have gone to WWE, who are huge in the indies, he's the one few who has not gone and probably will never go unless maybe as a coach. Yeah. But Christopher Daniels with Marty Scroll, I'm really, uh, that's that's like, the, I think that's like the dark horse match I'm really looking forward sleeper to. Sleeper match, sort of. What do you mean by sleeper match? Same thing, like a dark horse match. Like you're not anticipating it to be great, but it could be. No, I mean, I'm antics- what I mean is I'm anticipating it to be great and possibly the be- one of the best matches on okay. the card. Whereas, you know, it's not maybe heavily promoted, but it's a match where just like, oh man, I'm excited. Think that'll but, open the show? Yeah, that could be a good opener. That could be a really good opener because I really think they're going to save the Ladder Wars match till, uh, towards the end of middle of the card. That could, you think that could main event over the Ring of Honor world title? Possibly, because I feel like it's a stipulation. And plus, when you think of Ring of Honor, you think of the Young Bucks. Yeah. Uh, think so, of a triple threat, you know, Ladder Wars. You know, uh, Jay Lethal and Cody definitely has the opportunity to main event, but you, like you said, when you look at stipulations, you, the Young Bucks have almost not built up Ring of Honor by themselves, but they are a big marquee name in Ring of Honor. I think they are the they are the big thing in Ring of Honor. Yeah. When you go to Ring of Honor shows, you see majority of Young Bucks shirts in the crowd. I think it might be Cody and Jay though, because Cody's promoting it as his last match in Ring of Honor. True. But I think it's going to be all their last matches. With the exception of Marty Skrull, I think it's going to be everybody's last match uh, yeah. from the Elite. Um, and then what else do we have going on? Speaking of the Elite, yes. so one thing we didn't talk about last week was, so a lot of trademarks have gone out recently 
for AEW, All Elite Wrestling, All Out, All In 2, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But these trademarks have been going out, and there were rumors a while ago that Cody, the Young Bucks, Jim Ross, and Chris Jericho were going to start their own wrestling faction, where Jericho and, and Jim Ross denied these rumors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe it's that basing out of Jacksonville, Florida, the, the owners of the Jaguars. Really? It's, it's linked to him where this could happen. So we've speculated and we've talked about the Bullet Club, former Bullet Club now, the Elite, Cody Rhodes, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and we don't throw Marty Skrull because, again, I don't think it's because it's his contract isn't up yet. He think, won't be far behind, I don't think, though. Yeah, probably not. But I think, but being as an indie person, you know, being in Ring of Honor, they do allow guys to work indie dates. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is that they potentially are calling it all elite wrestling. And we talked about earlier with those tweets from the Revival and the Young Bucks. That's a match people have been wanting to see for a long time because at one point the Revival were argued as the best tag team in the world. Right. Where now is if you look at, you say the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. At one point, these two, well, these two, these two teams are two of my favorite tag teams currently that are wrestling. Um, and you know they're looking to do their their own thing, and they could be doing that. They could be going to WWE. We still don't know. But how amazing would that be that these guys who sold out a 10,000-plus seat arena in Chicago where the energy was still, like, so on, on such a high the entire night, and the show was, like, almost, what, like four hours? Around, yeah. Almost four hours. And... People were still crazy, and if you watch the clip that was recorded, it was on Being the Elite, the, the, the promo between all those guys talking about, like, this is the greatest night of their career, and you look at this, we're off the air, and you people are still here. You haven't left to go to your cars. You haven't left to go back to your hotel rooms yet. They're probably thinking to ourselves, like, if we can do this, imagine what we could do with our own promotion. Because honestly, if these guys did it, I don't know about any time soon, but in the future, it could potentially be something to rival WWE. I would agree with that. Down the line, obviously, I I think the name itself is going to give it relevancy, no doubt. Uh, For them to rival WWE, that's at least, I think, going to take a few years. It will take a while. It will definitely take a while for them to be... In competition, maybe even a little longer, but I definitely think it has the potential right off the bat, no doubt. Mm-hmm. With guys like Jim Ross and Chris Jericho, the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes leading that uh, promotion. But the thing is, is is Jericho and Ross could be denying for wrestling thing and be like, "Ah, I've worked you. We're doing this anyway." And Jericho's been notorious for that, of course. Um, so I would not be surprised if Jericho is helping in any way, or if Jim Ross is helping in any way. You know, to try and give them some pointers and support and try and see what they can do. But it's just crazy that the what these guys have done and the popularity has reached this much that rumors of a re- their own wrestling fa- uh, faction, their own wrestling... They have that. <laughs> yeah, their own promotion 
is a possibility. Well, after the success of All In, of course it can be. Um, it's just even really- that was a pipe dream years ago. Oh, of course, that nobody could sell out an arena other than unless you were WWE, you could not. And if you were wrestling, unless you were the WWE, you would not sell out a wrestling show. Right. WWE is having trouble selling out shows now. Have you seen the attendance for WWE? WWE WWE doesn't sell out arenas as fast as they did like All In unless it's like a big show like a Raw after Mania or a SummerSlam after Mania. You know, stuff like that. They haven't done that in so long. And these guys did it in under under 30 minutes. 29 minutes and however many seconds. Yeah. The fact is... It's it's a debate of whether or not these guys will ever go, but I but I feel like they have they potentially could be like you know a Sting level where they actually don't go. Sting did go for a few one offs. Sting went to retire. Yeah, he essentially went to retire. But could you imagine if they never go? It would go back to WWE. There's or, a, never never or the Young Bucks. You mean? Well, well, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, yeah, you know? Cody never going back and then them going in general. Okay, so if this promotion happens, that's going to be very likely for it to happen that they're all never going to go and they're going to be happy with what they do. Um, that's the dream, though, for a wrestler. It is, but at the same time, you look at a guy like Cody Rhodes, not necessarily saying that his career was ruined by WWE, but how much better is it now on the indies leaps making a name for himself? Exactly. And you look at Kenny Omega, just how leaps and bounds of how good he's been on the indies and a big name for himself. And the Young Bucks, who have been to the WWE, they, you know, a couple of one off matches. Now look at them. Even TNA ruined them. Generation Me, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. But now you look at them in Ring of Honor and New Japan and how relevant these guys are. I don't know, not necessarily... Yeah, it's the dream to go to the WWE, don't get me wrong, but to start a wrestling promotion now and to see where it goes and for it to be successful, I don't know if they're going to go at this point. You don't know what's going to happen, and that's the excitement. There is excitement in wrestling to not know, even though we do talk about things that are potentially supposed to be spoilers and all that, reports This is why we host a podcast, CJ. (laughs) Yeah, I know. but And that's a big reason why I love NXT is that I get surprised and I don't expect things to happen like Velveteen Dream beating EC3 I'm like oh I'm surprised right. and I'm glad to be wrong in those situations you know like it's good to be to not to expect so many things where I feel like when you watch main roster WWE television you're just like well let's see like before Roman's leukemia we got Roman Reigns and I don't know um Dolph Ziggler, yeah. Roman and Dolph. Eh, no, Roman wins. LOL. Or like, LOL. Y- 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 years, years ago, like Cena, like oh Cena and. Um, Are you not entertained? C- C- Cena and Ryback. Oh yeah, Cena, Cena wins. Cena, LOL. Yeah, stuff, stuff like that. <laughs> that was the meme. Cena, <laughs> Cena wins. LOL. Now it's Reigns wins. Or the LOL. one where it's like, "Are you not entertained?" Oh yeah, like with his hands up, like. <laughs> Taken from from freaking, uh, what was it, Spartacus? Yeah, something like that. But you're right, you're right. It is nice to not know. It is exciting to not know. So, and especially with, you know, I know the Young Bucks are a little bit younger, I think, than Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's not getting any younger. Nick's 29, 28. Matt is 32, 33. Kenny, I think, is... 36. 34, 35. Right, so he's not getting any younger. Cody's 36. Um... So yeah, the the window no, is Cody's thirty two. Oh, he's thirty two. Yeah, they mentioned it at all in. Okay, 
33. I thought he was older. No, he's a, he's a little younger. Co- Cody, uh, but, but Kenny, I know he's in his mid-30s. I'm pretty sure he was 24 when he was, or 22 when he was in WWE, because I remember when they had that whole guest host crap. On the main on the main roster, he was in his 20s, but I think he said he was in developmental when he was 19. Yeah, but I remember when they were having that guest host crap, and Dusty Rhodes was the guest host, and he said, I'm, put, I'm giving Cody a WWE title match. He said, I will be the youngest WWE champion in history tonight. So it's obvious he was younger than 24, or yeah. Randy Orton's age. So, yeah, he's still uh, relatively young. But I know Kenny is getting there in age. He's not getting younger. So mm-hmm. at this point, it's almost like it's got to be now or never with him. I still say Kenny's one of the, when Kenny probably thinks about it, he probably thinks like, well, look how well they're doing with AJ. If they treat me like AJ, then I'll be fine. But it's the risk. It's the risk, exactly, because AJ is the only one to have been treated that way, at least in recent memory. When you think, when you think of guys who go to WWE and they are made a big name for themselves in Japan or the Indies, it's very few who have done really well. Uh, AJ when, being one of the exceptions. AJ being one of the exceptions. Uh, Rollins being one of the exceptions. Just right now. We would a while ago you'd say Samoa Joe, but I feel like they're in a rebuilding process with him. You would say Nakamura a while ago. You would you, say you, Finn Balor a while ago. You would, but then it, the more often than not, this is all a couple of years ago too. Yeah, but more often than not, you look at these guys and where they are now. Yeah, and you're like, what the hell only happened? Only AJ and Rollins seem to be the ones who are in a good place. Yes. So that's why a lot of them are just like, and Cody's probably like, look, I've been there. I I know how it is there. You're taking. You're probably taking a risk, and. These guys are at a level where they can call their own shots at such a young age where they're talking about the Jericho thing, talking about all in Jericho podcast, you know, where Jericho's at a point where he's 47, 48, and he's calling his own shots, which makes sense. He went to WWE, now he's doing his own thing. But these guys are with are doing their own thing with only one of them being in WWE with Cody Rhodes. Uh, having, you know, the Young Bucks being at such an age and calling their own shots, that's very rare. I mean, I don't know what else we can say about this rumored wrestling promotion. If it happens, great. I'll say that. I'm excited for it. Another thing to watch. If it's anything like All In, it'll be a blast. It will. I know that. So, last thing before we end the podcast, there are many rumors about why NXT TakeOver, uh, Brooklyn Five, WrestleMania Weekend, moved from from Saturday to Friday. A lot of the big rumors at first were because of the G1 Supercard show in the Garden, which I never believed was the case because I know Vince would never let that get to his head. No, so, it's cool for fans because, oh, now I don't now have to you choose. Can go to both. You can go to both if you want to. I don't to. know if I'm going to both. That might be too much wrestling for me. It might be a little bit... A too, little pricey. A little pricey, yeah. yeah. The Mania tickets were already pricing themselves. So anyway... Yeah. Um, but another rumor just came up, and it makes a little bit more sense. The big rumor now is The Rock is going to headline the Hall of Fame class of 2019 and was only available for Saturday night. So the rumor is they switched the Hall of Fame to Saturday and take over Brooklyn 5 to Friday so The Rock could headline the class. Well, apparently there are rumors about him winning the Rumble and him facing Roman for the Universal Championship a while back. Right. But obviously those plans have been scrapped. Well, he could still win the Rumble, and we can boom out of the building for it. Yeah, it's really. And there's a while ago of the, those rumors about Brock facing Rock and, and Mania, and then Rock beats him, and then only for Brock to win, to it, win back. it back in Saudi Arabia in like, April. No, and with the and with the rumored reports that you know it's right now it's Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar that makes me feel better because I'm probably going to see a Rollins Lesnar match for the universal title at Mania um and this also cuts ties into the fact that it is highly possible that Dwayne the Rock Johnson will run for president in 2020 it is highly possible sign me up <laughs> <laughs> so it's high and, and like 
and you have to put your name in just in case if you if you think about doing it. You can't be like, all right, the election chair I want to be it. You have to like have your name in there. And if you don't yeah. want to do it, you don't want to do it. But everything has to be submitted in writing, and it is submitted. So I think that's the reason why because I don't think we're I don't think we're ever going to see The Rock have a match ever again. I think he's completely done with wrestling at this point. Well, if he, he could, were to go into the Hall of Fame, that would confirm it. Yeah. He could, I mean, maybe they could have a retirement match for him or something at WrestleMania. I don't know. It would really help with WrestleMania. Uh, but if there's the possibility of him becoming, him running for president, and if he wins, becomes president, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be the most successful person to ever come out of professional wrestling ever. You cannot dispute that ever. Yeah, I agreed. At all. So... Phenomenal actor, number one on the box on the box office, and president of the United States. So, and then it would be the second WWE Hall of Famer, <laughs> bless you, who is a president. Anyway, but for sure, that's probably why they want to do this. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. So, for when it comes to The Rock, though, when it comes to him headlining and possibly having a match at Mania, would you want to see him have a match at WrestleMania again? If it was a retirement match, sure, bless <laughs> you. Thank you. But I don't really know who he could face. Well, who, who do you put against The Rock? Roman would have made sense mm-hmm. um, for blood reasons, but Roman's out because of cancer. Triple H is at this point out of mania because of the injuries suffered at Crown Jewel. I can't see it being Brock Lesnar. Mm. My only saying in this is Batista. I was thinking Batista, but... Theoretically, do you want to do Rock and Batista? I'm not saying I want to do Rock and Batista. I'm saying that really is the only one that makes sense for me. At this point in booking, that one does make a little bit more it sense. It does make a little more sense where Batista can kind of be a heel in the situation where he's like, I'm in, I'm, I'm a part of the most successful movie franchise of all time. And when I take, I, the story itself can actually be really good. Where Batista was like, when I take a role, I do it because I think the role will be really good. Whereas you, you take it for the money. You take any opportunity you get to make money. And most of your movies just plain suck. <laughs> where the movies I've been have been rated better. Guardians of the Galaxy 1, 2, and Avengers Infinity War, 007. You know, so the story itself can be built pretty well. But right. honestly, anybody's going up against The Rock is, you know... Chances are. Chances are, you know, it's, it's The right. Rock. Because I know Batista wants one more match. This will be a great double retirement match, I think. I really feel like he still wants to do it with Triple H. So you could do this with Batista at WrestleMania with The Rock, and then down the line at the following WrestleMania, you could do Triple H and Batista. Unless Triple H is medically clear, which I doubt. I doubt it. I mean, did you... you had, oh, I saw it. He, has a, he had a bruised boob, all right? Yeah. Like... Like, that thing was disgusting. Well, you remember when John Cena did the same thing. I think he came back in four months. Mania's in four months. It's, Cena, it's gonna Cena be, has Wolverine uh, well, well, uh, that, healing That's factor. the thing, and it was still an extra two months before WrestleMania. So it, he got hurt six months before Mania. Triple H got hurt about four or five months before Mania. It's going to be very unlikely for him to be cleared in time to do the storyline. That's my point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to me, I'm not saying I want to see Rock and Batista, but it does make sense for that match to happen. Because I don't want to see Cena and Rock again. Uh, it, oh, no, no. I was there for twice in a lifetime, and I hated it. <laughs> well, it's a lifetime best out of three. <laughs> <laughs> 
That, that could be what we're leaning towards. I doubt it because, honestly, what are Cena's as, plans for WrestleMania as, this year? I don't know. As far as a match quality, it's not going to be great, but I feel like the build will be very good. Build will be fine. But again, like you said, match quality, we, we're unsure of at this point. But, but you know, getting back to the Hall of Fame, it does make a lot more sense now to why TakeOver Brooklyn 5 could have been moved to mm-hmm. Friday. I'd love to see the Rock headline the class. I thought he should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that, I, mean, I don't know about your thoughts, but I, I definitely think that would be an A-plus move by WWE to have the Rock headline the class. When Austin got inducted, Rock didn't induct him, right? No, that was Vince. Vince inducted Vince him. inducted, I thought so it was called. Rick, I couldn't remember. I thought it was Ric Flair for some reason. But do you have... Now, Rick uh, um, inducted Ricky the Dragon in 09. Okay. Because um, I get very... That is very hazy for me. Who inducted who? I can only remember a handful. I know Christian inducted Edge and Michael's inducted Kevin The Rock Kevin inducted... I don't know if it was grandfather or his, his father his that went in, in 08. He inducted and, him in 08. his father. Yes. He, he inducted both of them. Thing is, Rockets uh, into the Hall of Fame. Who inducts him? You could argue Steve Austin. You could argue uh, You could argue John Cena. You could argue Jericho. Jericho, Triple, Triple H. Triple H. Stephanie. Uh, yeah, I don't know about uh, so much uh, about More unlikely, but you could. You could make the argument. Vince, obviously. Vince, yeah, for sure. Um... um Mick Foley, maybe. Mick Foley, yeah, that would be a good one. Let them all do it. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, it doesn't really matter who inducts him. Yeah. It's just that it's a guy who helped, who was in the most successful period of, of the wrestling business. Uh, you can even argue Shane, possibly. No, not Shane. Keep Shane. Just the less the Shane McMahon I see at this point, the better. <laughs> but obviously, a, a favorite of mine, I'm sure a favorite of yours growing up as a kid, uh, just well deserved, and again, I think they're trying to do this now before he potentially runs for president. Because yeah. if he becomes president, there's he's not gonna have time to do there's this. There's no way he's not gonna do it. No, yeah, if he runs for president and he gets elected, we won't see him for four years at least. I don't think we'll ever see him again. Man, possibly not. Honestly, not. Uh, no, because then you, you, your life changes after you're president. So yeah. you, that makes sense. So yeah, maybe they're deciding to do this now just in case. Even if he does run, his life's gonna change forever. We might not see him again if he runs. Period. Uh, win or lose. But I do agree with you on that. I think if there's any time to do it, it's right now. So mm-hmm. that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Good stuff today, CJ, as yeah. always. Hell yeah. Uh, next week, we have the go-home editions of Raw and SmackDown before TLC. Final Battle is next Friday night. Let's get some predictions get for some both, predictions both of those shows. For both of them, absolutely. We'll do all that and more. We'll have more news on, of course, All Elite Wrestling if we have it. Uh, mm-hmm. More Ring of Honor, more New Japan. We have Wrestle Kingdom coming up in a couple I'm of sure weeks. I'm sure more Wrestle Kingdom stuff will come up in the next few weeks. Yep, absolutely. That's on January 4th, so a few weeks away. Uh, we'll talk about that and more. We'll start uh, looking more towards the Royal Rumble in the next couple of weeks, see what matches we have. I have a few ideas of who I think could win. Exactly. But I'll save that for later. We'll save that for later. So you've been listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast, Sean McChesney. And CJ Palmasano. We'll see you next time.